Have you ever thought about that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd, and it was just an amazing investment, honestly, because, you know, as you are accruing value in your property, you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real. So you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's something that's going to flip the script. Okay. All right. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female founded. That's right. See? Sounds See like how I know? Something I can get behind. I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> sibling rivalry. That's good. Oliver. Okay. Oliver. I Aaron, um, honestly, this Aaron's was chopped one of- chopped Oliver hair off before you get into this thing. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She surprised me too. She just like walked in the house and I'm like, holy shit. And she goes, oh my God, no. Like I was reacting to it being bad, but I was just shocked by it. But she cut, she cut her hair off. It's like a little bob. Anyway, sorry. Does she look so cute? Yeah, of course. She looks amazing. Um, and her, you know, her hair reminded me of dumplings. Oliver, <laughs> <laughs> I loved this so much. I, I, this was one of my favorite mm-hmm. ones that we've done because we really haven't explored the food uh, world. You mm-hmm. know, like I want to, I, and I kept saying, I want to do some chefs. I want to like, you know, I want to get some of my friends on and they're, because I'm such a foodie mm-hmm. and it's a problem. It's why I um, created businesses that help me stay fit and active <laughs> <laughs> because I just want to eat everything. So we interviewed Hannah and Marion Chang. They are sisters and they founded the cutest, yummiest dumpling uh, restaurant, sort of a shop 
called Mimi Chang's Dumplings. Named after? Their mama. Yeah. And they started the restaurant using her, her their, their mom's secret recipe because food was such a big thing in their house. And it really brought everyone together, which is why I think anyone who loves food, other than obviously the creative nature of, of creating, you know, new dishes and things like that. But it's really about how we, how we bring people together. Their story too is great because the way they got into this, I mean, they both had like prominent gigs just so far from the culinary world. And it, it just, it's their story speaks to sort of following your, your, your love and, and your passion. You know, it's like, yeah. you know what? I, I, I don't want to do this. This is what I want to do. I know it sounds crazy, but mom, you know, I'm going to yeah, throw I'm away this education and I'm going to make dumps. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do. I want to make dumplings. <laughs> it was so great. It also, you know, look, the, the food industry is hard. It's, it's, it's a, you're taking real risk. You know, it's, it's not an easy industry to be in. You, you want to be in the restaurant food and wine business. If you really are passionate about food and mm-hmm. you, and, and they are. So it was, it was really nice. Also, you know, immigrant family. I, I loved sort of this, their story of their parents coming to America and and really getting to know these sisters. Also, I just want to say this because, you know, I love supporting businesses like this. They do frozen dumplings mm-hmm. that you can get that they order. They also do this really fun thing on their website where you can do a dumpling making. Uh, they, they'll, they'll teach you how to make dumplings. So, you can get all the dumpling stuff, they send it to you, and then you can do a class with them. And I think mm. that is just so great and so much fun. So I just, before we get into this episode, I want you guys to know that that's available I, and that you I should love have to... dumplings. I love dumplings so yeah. much. And when, I want to do a sibling revelry dumpling. I think no, I feel like no. do we, one, we you and it. I. We pitched it to them. I know. Right? The sibling revelry. Like, we, we got it. There's a chance. There's, there's always a chance. Um, all right, so enjoy this wonderful episode with Hannah and Marion Cheng. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? How are you? Great. It's like springtime in New York City, so I have a new lease on life, you know? <laughs> you guys, I'm really excited to have you on. This is fun for Likewise. us. Um, we very, this, I mean, we haven't really done much food. We actually... This is our first, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've never done siblings in food. So this is really fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. You have a very loved dumpling bar. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and... um, And they, let's let's, let's just start this off by saying they they blew off jobs at like J.P. Morgan in the financial sector, at Burberry, right? It was like, oh, forget about that. We're going to get into the... To the, to the food industry, which is uh, crazy. not an easy industry, <laughs> and also every immigrant parent's worst nightmare. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> yes, because historically, immigrants go into these service kind of jobs because it's only a job they can really get when they go to a new country, and like their you know their degrees don't necessarily translate. So our parents thought that we were doing the reverse immigrant dream. And they were very confused by the whole thing. Well, let's start. Let, like, let, let's start with how proud they were of you, like in the beginning, before <laughs> you just <laughs> before it the church time. <laughs> yeah, before we were opening a takeout restaurant, as they said. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
They're like, yeah, we sent so, you guys to college, got full-time degrees, business degrees, and you want to quit? You're, you guys are great at the jobs that you're doing. But. So they were really proud for sure. And then, you know, when we decided we were going to do open our own business, they definitely tried to dissuade us from doing it for a very long time. But once that they saw that we were actually all in. And in my mom's words, she said, I thought you were just like playing around, you know, like as a little kid playing with the Fisher toy set being like, here's some food I made, please enjoy it. <laughs> and, you know, once she saw that we were actually serious about it, they were behind us 110%. Wow. We're going to go back. We're going to go back to childhood and stuff, but I, I do want to touch on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, let's I, go all the way back. No, to no, but I do want to touch on, I do want to touch on that really quickly because yeah. that takes some balls, you know what I mean? And, and, and just to say, okay, we're leaving it all behind. We're going to follow what we're passionate about. And mm -hmm. that's not an easy thing to actually commit to. So how right. did that come about? Like, how did both of you at the same time say, you know what, fuck it. We're leaving our jobs and we're going all in on this. Definitely. So it was definitely over a period of some time. Like, it was an idea that we kind of tossed around for a while. We thought we were going to open up a cupcake shop at one point and then a donut store before the city was saturated with these things. And then... I was actually bringing dumplings to work with me on the trading floor kind of on a regular basis. And people, all my coworkers used to ask me like, hey, can you make some extra and I'll pay for you? And I was like, I have a full-time job. I don't have time to be your lunch caterer. <laughs> <laughs> and so we realized that this was actually a unique proposition that we had and we couldn't find anything similar, anything close to what our mom was making at home. So we were like, okay, maybe this is, this is what we can do. So we decided to quit our jobs with zero restaurant experience and sign a 10-year lease, which is lunacy. Anybody who asks us for advice, Insane. we would never recommend <laughs> do this. <laughs> we didn't even do a pop-up. We're like, we are all yeah. in. You know, it's like yeah. all those cliche phrases, like if your dream isn't big enough, it, 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 it doesn't scare you. It's not big enough. And that was completely true for us for years of, you know, pondering this idea. And then we, we said, it's either now or never, you know, we're in our, our, our mid twenties and you just have to pursue it. And, and were you happy? Out. Were you happy at your jobs or were you like, I'm done? I, you, you know, I didn't like them in the first place. Absolutely. I, fashion was my dream job. So doing the business side of that was definitely such a pursuit for me and doing years of it. It was about three years of it. And you know, it's like one of those things where you're daydreaming and you keep on not being able to have another idea, but really honing in on this. And it's like, if you can't stop daydreaming about it. You really have to explore that. And that's what we tell people all the time. People think that opening up a restaurant is super glamorous and it's really not. Mm -hmm. So the advice I give them is always, if you are not living, dreaming, sleeping, breathing this idea, just walk away. And what's funny is we had a lot of friends in restaurants beforehand that said the same thing. And I was always very confused by it because, you know, you look at this restaurant owner, you have 14 locations. Why would you say this is the worst career ever when clearly it's working for you? And now with, you know, 2020 vision is hindsight. I totally understand why people were saying that. So let's start. Well, first of all, you guys are only 18 months apart, right? Yeah. We're basically Irish twins. <laughs> yeah. And who is the old... We were just talking about this, actually, with a twin researcher 
about, I asked her about that, like the Irish twins, you know, 11, 12 yeah. months. So I'm older. Yeah. And do you feel that sort of tw- more like twins or not, is it? Not really. We, we, we both have our individual personalities, but sometimes people are like, oh, you know, that reminds me of Hannah or down on the, sh- um, when we're walking on the street, someone thinks that like confuses us for the other, or sometimes we end up dressing the same by accident. So it's just like having <laughs> similar wavelengths. <laughs> and how far apart are you guys in age? Two and a half. Two and a half. Basically. And okay. sometimes we dress the same too without talking. <laughs> <laughs> Who are better? Oh, oh my so, God. Well, definitely when we were younger, I feel like our parents were like, it's a two for one deal. Like if I had a play date, they were like, oh yeah, take your sister. Did you guys have that growing up? No, but my boys <laughs> do because I have three kids, like Wilder and Bodie. They're two and a half years yeah. apart, but still, the, my little boy is all his friends are my older older ones friends in a way in a way it's good because then he grows up more mature and faster i would think Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he is he does for sure for sure um hannah you're the but you're the older do you have any recollection of when miriam was born or you don't remember that i do actually oh but it's kind of hazy so i just remembered it was it was dark, so it was kind of evening time, and my parents were running around in a mad scramble, and they dropped me off at a family friend's house who was a stranger to me, so I was crying the whole time. They're like, they'll be right back, and that was my first memory of her. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with so her. Traumatic. It was the trauma yeah. of having of a knowing. sibling. Right. Yeah. Not knowing who you were being thrown to. Right. Who yeah, is this? Scary. Who is this child being brought into the world where I I now have to be with some stranger. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Do you remember when she came home? No, I don't. So what is your first memory of Marion? Let's see. Well, they're kind of hazy. I can't tell if they're actual memories or it's just you see the photos and you kind of, you know, it's transposed onto your memory. We we used to play a lot. You know, we would, she was like my shadow. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys always get along? We did not. Yeah. Oh, good. We, okay. Let's hear about we, that. We were, <laughs> go ahead. Oliver's like, let's just hear right about oh, yeah. what happened. <laughs> Where did you grow up? We grew up in Rockland County, New York, which is about 45 minutes north of Manhattan. Okay. So you're like yeah. New York kids. Yes. Yeah. Suburbia New York kids. Right. Yeah. And would, did you, would you come into the city a lot? Yeah, a lot because it was super close. Our dad worked in the city. So we came in all the time, probably at least twice a month. So tell us about your mom. Um, She was born and raised in Thailand and then moved to Taiwan. Yeah. And give us a little background on your mom and her coming to the States. So her, her story is fascinating. Her dad was actually a general in Chiang Kai shek's army. And when they lost the war with China, they went down to fight communists in the um, communist triangle, which was Thailand, like Burma and Laos. And that's actually why she was born and raised there. And then she moved over to Taipei, where she met our dad. And our dad came over to the States to get his PhD. And she came with him once they were married, not speaking the language, not knowing anyone, which I think is incredibly brave. 
you know, I, I can't imagine doing that myself. There, I actually recently sent our parents a meme in the group family chat, which was, our parents are 21. Let's move to another country and give our children better opportunities. Us at 21, do you know what I can cook in an air fryer? Yeah. Uh, it's so it's yeah. so true, isn't it? It's yeah. so so yeah. wild. What so, was your What was your dad getting his PhD in? in computer engineering. Yeah, computer engineering. Okay, I mean, and then did he get his PhD? Yeah, he did. And where did he get Where did he get that from? Where was it? New York, U- UMass Amherst. Oh, okay. Oh, that's where Hannah was born. And what was mom doing? Raising her babies. Raising babies. So she enrolled in a bunch of classes at school at UMass. And on the first day, I remember she said she got a stack of textbooks in a foreign language. And she's just like, I don't know if I can do this. And she was working at Burger King. And the cost of the babysitter cost more than what she was making at Burger King. So she just quit and took yeah. care of me. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and so you grew up in Boston for a while? No, then we moved to Westchester. So we were only, I was only in Massachusetts for about two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so Sissy comes along. Now you guys are yeah. in Westchester and. Um, and then they started hating each other. Well, no, because I, and, and then, so let's talk about your mom and food and like your earliest memories of food. Because I mean, oh, clearly yeah. this, mm-hmm. your dumpling bar is an extension of how you were raised and the food that oh my God. that you were I, you know raised on. I love I'm dumplings saying. so much. I know, I love so dumplings too. Next, next time need, you guys come to New York, come I have visit. to. No, we're I coming. need to. Yeah. I call yeah. them dumps. Don't be offended by that. I love dumps. It's okay. Yeah, yeah don't worry. I, one of our social media things on Wednesday is it's hump day, dump day. Yeah. And then we say tiger dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my earliest memories of food I have a lot. So every year, our mom used to take a trip by herself or with a friend for a week or two to just reset, take a break from, you know, her crazy family. And our dad was a really bad cook. So she used to freeze a bunch of dumplings and stay up really night, really late at night, hand wrapping them. And I just have really fond memories of like walking down the hall, seeing the light in the kitchen on and everything being really quiet while she was doing that. And I'd hang with her for a little bit. And that's a really nice, fond mm, memory. I have almost meditative in a time. way, huh? Yeah, it's super meditative. Yeah, that's wow. so cute. I know, like yeah. mommy in the kitchen making dumplings. Mom is a great cook. Our mom is. Oh, a she great makes cook. she cool. makes good chicken and dumplings. Mom's a one pot wonder Actually. cooker, right? So she like, she like she, her. Growing up, it was like an Instapot, but before the Instapot. Like, she just put right, everything right. in one pot. And, like, she would, like, make things happen. Right. Nothing she'd would be measured. see in the fridge, and there'd be like, oh, I'll take this. And she'd put it in. Like, maybe I'll put this in there. <laughs> That's efficient. Then, I respect that. Less dishes to wash. Yeah. And then, and then it, you know, you'd just go, and it would be on the stove, and you'd be like, wow, Mom. This is pretty good. She's like, I know. I don't know how I, I did it. I don't know it. what it is. I don't know what it is, but it's really good, isn't it? That's a skill in itself to not yeah. use measurements and just be able to make things taste wonderful. Yeah. That's like my grandma was like, it's, it, it's a bit of a family thing. It's the 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 whipping it up and making it taste like uh, Yeah, it, but I did, I, I did cook last night and I thought I could get away with not measuring salt and pepper. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. And I oversalted it beyond oh, no. anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it was, no. What'd you make? 
I just made like a chicken with some carrots and some couscous and and I made that this. It was it was sort of a, a panko crusted. Some couscous. You know, it was panko crusted with some mozzarella in there. I, like, and, I caramelized some butternut squash. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Papa, the Italian. I got to throw some fucking salt in there. And I was like, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I should measure this. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't know. Maybe you got a salt on that. Right. Yeah. My ego was, got the best. His Italian me. ego just like took over and he, he could yeah. <laughs> didn't work out for you. Higher dose, higher dose. Oh my God. Oh, I love this so much. This is, you know, one of those ads that I want people to really hear because I'm passionate about this. It's a spa experience. Okay. It's a one of a kind spa experience. They've got a whole line of these infrared devices that harness the most healing technological advances available. They've got this portable infrared sauna blanket, okay? And it is truly, like, it's amazing. I purchased the sauna blanket, and I have been using it. I use it for 40 minutes. I sweat. I feel amazing. And it's one of the the best things you could do for your body. Infrared therapy, it supports glowing skin, deeper sleep, balanced mood. And as your core temperature heats up, your brain releases a dose of happy chemicals, leaving you feeling euphoric after your sweat session. The blanket's deeply penetrating heat, it instantly boosts blood flow, flooding your body with enviable benefits like radiant and youthful skin, higher energy, a boosted mood, and decreased bloat. And let me tell you that I've experienced all of these things. So for those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, they've got this cool line of infrared PMF mats that recharge your cells and they help you feel relaxed. And we all want to look hot, right? We all want to look beautiful and hot. And so they've got this new red light face mask that stimulates collagen. It activates glowing skin, reduces these fine lines, which I need because I've been in the sun all my life and I look like, you know, an old leather wallet for the most part. So get your own sauna blanket mat and red light mask today at higherdose.com. You can use promo code sibling at checkout to save 15% off that's higherdose.com, promo code sibling, or just go to higherdose.com slash sibling to save 15% off. Tommy John's, Tommy John's, Tommy John's, comfortable, yummy, breezy, cozy loungewear. So this is your... Nine to five, cozy loungewear vibes. What Tommy John's does is it's micro-modal fabrics, extended inseams. They give you all the stretch, all the flexibility. They basically design all of their cozy loungewear clothes to make it as comfortable and as easygoing as possible. They're incredible. Honestly, the best underwear that I've ever worn in my life, and I have multiple, multiple pairs of underwear, okay? So you need to get these. I, I just, I promise you. Stern, actually, Howard Stern, my, my idol, um, he's the one who actually turned me on to him, and we were lucky enough 
to actually have them on our podcast right now. So, you know, you got to start your day in Tommy John's with over 17 million pairs sold. It's a lot. Tommy John doesn't have customers, okay? They have fanatics, and I am one of them. See for yourself and get 20% off your first order right now at tommyjohn.com slash sibling. Shop tommyjohn.com slash sibling for 20% off. tommyjohn.com slash sibling. See site for details. Now, what was mom, did she cook all the time? Yes. She cooked all, she cooked all the time, basically every single night. Um, we, she whips things up so fast. You know, when I have a dinner party now, it, it takes hours. It's like pre-prep the day before. And meanwhile, she's like, like your mom and your grandma. It's like putting things together, whatever's in the fridge and making lots of like stir fry vegetables and meat dishes and then noodles and rice and whatever we want. Mm. So actually not whatever we want, because she also made us eat a lot of vegetables that we did not want to eat. Oh yeah. That reminds me of every time. Okay. I'm traumatized because she used to pan fry liver, which is, (sighs) I cannot eat that at all. I love liver. And she would, do you really? Yeah. No. No, no, I love it. I love it. No, no, I can't. She would just like pan fry it and I'd have to sit at the table basically until I finished it. I wish I had a dog that I could slip it underneath the table So she'd make you eat liver because it's good. It's good protein, right? It's like an iron. The iron is. You should do a liver dump. You know, for homage. <laughs> Literally my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare. Oh, my God. A liver dump. <laughs> so, um, I, I, liver dumps. Uh, you need a nice, uh, big liver dump. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. So, did you always appreciate her cooking other than, of course, the, the livers? Yeah. Oh yeah. She's an amazing cook. And she's like quietly savage about it too. Cause you're like, Oh mom, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. And she goes, I know it's really good. <laughs> Wait, how old is your mom? How old was she when she had you? 29, which was old for our generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking that I, everyone's mom was younger, but I remember in kindergarten, we went to public school and for your birthday, your mom could send some birthday treats for you. And everyone's Elsa's mom used to send cupcakes or cake and my mom sent in cupcakes and ice cream and everyone's minds were just blown that they were. And I just remember thinking my mom is the best. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, She's older than everyone, but she's the best. (laughs) Let's let's go back. Let's go back. Well, your guys' dynamic is kids. Yeah. So like when you guys were, when you guys were younger, I mean, there, are there any other siblings? Just Just you two. Mm -hmm. So you are clearly put in probably in everything together because you're only 18 months apart, right? Yeah. So like you played, did you play sports, dance? What was it? we played sports together. We played every instrument together, every sports team together. We went to tennis lessons together, (laughs) Chinese school. We literally did everything together. I I think that's why we used to butt heads because we never had real autonomy. You couldn't It was just like, you guys are doing this together. Yeah. 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 So how did that start though? I mean, did it start off nice? And then eventually it's like, you need to get out of my hair. I, you know, (laughs) I can't believe I'm confessing this on a podcast, but I remember one time as kids, 
I told Mary to put her fingers through like the door hinge and I shut the door <laughs> hinge. <laughs> Obviously, oh very good. Yeah, because she stole money. She stole money from my piggy bank. And then I did it again. And my I remember one of our I think it was my dad ran over and he's like, Why are you doing that? I was like, Well, she didn't learn from the first time. She did it again. Yeah. And it was just like it was like and you that. know what and I'm gonna do? Now I'm gonna cut them off. <laughs> Anna? <laughs> Anna. Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't always get along. Yeah, we did not get along. Uh, did that go for you too, Marion, or were you more vying for her attention? It was the same thing where we would butt heads and you know, there was a time that we had a blizzard in the suburbia and it was six feet tall. We we built forts and then I just threw a snowball, like basically like a sheet of ice. So there's a sheet of ice at my face. It wasn't a snowball. It was a sheet of ice. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you guys were like, you were like, you're, you're, I'm going to take you down. But wait, was there, (laughs) was there, was it equally loving? Meaning like, yes, it was back and forth. Or was it real actually like, I just, I don't want to be with you. Like, I just can't stand you. I think it was equally as loving because, you know, the second someone picked on her, I would step in and be like, no one picks on her right. except for me. Only me. Like, she's exactly. my sister. Only I get to pick on her. She was yeah. a great protector. Yeah. We were I we were staying at a friend's house once, and our friend, I don't know, started picking on Mary, and Mary was crying, and we were outside. So I just picked up the garden hose, and I turned it on and sprayed her in the face <laughs> until she started crying. And I was like, no one does that. Anna, <laughs> you sound pretty fierce. She is. I'm like, what? Is she? When's your birthday? What's your sign? I May 10. I'm a Taurus. You're a Taurus. And what about you, Marion? I'm a Capricorn. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And your and what about your what about your Chinese zodiac sign? Tiger. Dragon slash rabbit. Oh, it's your year this year. It's my year. I've been saying that all year. It is my year. (laughs) I'm a sheep. Ugh, bad. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dragon, 76. Oh, dragon is supposed nice. to be the best. Yeah, dragons are kind the of the dragon's dope, like right? the big zodiac of the whole calendar. Yeah, yeah. So, That's yeah. Such bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's the year of the tiger. It's your year, Hannah. It is. Yeah. yeah. So, personality wise, like, how would you guys describe each other when you were kids? Like, what was the core issue? And then. You know, what did you need from each other that you didn't really get? Well, I think that it wasn't so much that we didn't, we didn't get, it wasn't something that we didn't get from each other. I think it was this expectation that we would just do everything together all the time from our parents. So I think having a little more autonomy in, in, this, in the sense of like your own identity would have been great. Even though we love doing everything together, it's like having that optionality makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, But I I would describe, go ahead, Mary. And I was going to say, Hannah, as an older sibling, it's like usually the older sibling is like the leader because all the expectations are on the older sibling. Like she had to forge her her way versus, you know, Hannah will tell you about this as well. But like me, the younger sibling, she, she, she got yelled at more. Like I, I, the parents were much more lenient on me. Oh, she rode my coattails. Well, did that happen to you guys? I feel like with the eldest sibling, and I have a lot of friends who are eldest siblings, we gripe about this all the time of like, with your first child, your parents are doing everything by the book and they're making sure and they're like very strict about everything. And it's like, by the time the second child comes around, they're like, ah, 
they're not gonna die. It'll yep, be fine. Yeah, yeah. You're yep, just yep, like yep, yep. hello. Yeah, what? I don't know about me personally, but with my my kids, I have three kids. It is that way. Yeah. I mean, the first one, yeah. you don't know what the hell you're doing, and you're like, okay, I'm right. gonna do that. I have to do this, I have to do that, and then yeah. by the third one, is like, oh, she's fine, everything's yeah. good. Yeah. Right. Oh, like right. it's okay if she's crying in bed all night. Like she'll put herself, to, she'll pacify herself. Did you guys? Did you guys grow up in a strict household, or how was just the everyday life? It, very, very strict. It was. It was strict for me. It wasn't strict for her. But so, I still think for me it was strict how, as well. How? But in how was it strict? Way. Like you weren't able to go do things. Could you roam? Could you be yourself? Could you be creative? Or was it like this is how you need to be? Well, actually, no. I actually think that our parents are pretty contemporary in terms of Asian immigrant parents. You know, they're a lot more modern than some of our other friends' parents. But for example, I wasn't really allowed to go to junior prom, wasn't really allowed to go to certain parties, which Marianne was allowed to Mm -hmm. later. But, you know, that was for me. I had to argue with my parents about everything. And I remember, for example, after senior year prom, it's like I want to go to the city on a party bus, and we're, there's an after party in the city, and it was a whole fight. And then when it was Marion's turn to go to prom, she went to the city, and then they rented a a shore house on the beach. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? That's, do you know what they do in the Bahamas?" That's bullshit. That's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Oh my god! But after all your arguing, were you allowed to go on the party bus for senior prom? I mean, did you get your way or no? Only only senior year, but I didn't get my way sophomore or junior year. Okay. But you, yeah. you had to argue she, to go on the party bus, but you, your argument worked and you got yeah. to go. Yeah. But then Marion, yeah. it just didn't even matter. It didn't matter. They were like, like sure, yeah. like call us at right. one. We'll be at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It, it was exactly like that. Oh, yeah. So funny. Well, what, do you give them shit about it? Were you like, That's, uh, what are you, how is this possible? I mean, can you? Oh, it's not even worth arguing right. about this point. Like, Onward and upward, yeah. but you know we still talk about that. I I wonder too, like growing up, being so close in age, like what was it like with romantic relationships? Was there any? Was there ever any like crossover of? No. I mean, not to be presumptuous. I mean, you know, yeah, of, yeah. of of you know what gender specific you like, yeah. but I but like, was there any crossover of? No, never. So one thing I was going to say about. Marion is like, even though we used to butt heads, we were, we're very, very loyal to each other and we were never competitive with each other. Mm-hmm. There was, there was this audition we had for a musical instructor who was like very hard to get into. And the instructor only took Marion and not me. Cause she's like, you're older, you play another instrument, you play sports, you don't have time to devote to another um, instrument. And when she accepted Mary, I was like, congratulations. I'm so happy you got in. She goes, well, she's not taking you. I'm not going to her either. And that was it. <laughs> so uh, we, yeah. oh, wow, it's amazing. Okay. Cause like, you know, we were jokingly competitive, but we're not actually competitive with each other. Mm. That's so nice. At what point did you guys really come nice. together and you now you're older and it's like, oh, we're not butting heads and we're becoming best friends. You guys seem like you're very close now. We yeah, we are. We're, we're really close now. It's after she went this? to college. It was. Yeah, that's similar with yeah. Katie and I. Yeah. Oh yeah, distance makes a heart grow fonder. Yeah. 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 So and, you can't. Yeah, go ahead. Go it's ahead. It's a rite of passage going to college. You know, you get more mature, and then I'm home by myself. And I'm like, oh, I have no one to hang out with. So it's like all these facets. I'm like. I miss her. I want her to come home, and then would just make our mom make us lots and lots of dumb things when she would come home. Yeah, or should drive them to college. Now, where did you go to college? I went to Georgetown. 
And where did you go, Marion? I went to University of Maryland. Oh, mm. so kind of not far. No, yeah. it was about 45 minutes. I had so much fun going to visit Hannah, <laughs> partying with her friends. <laughs> yeah, so she's a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> the college stalker from high school yeah. to college. Okay, so so let's talk about how you guys went from J.P. Morgan. You were VP at J.P. Morgan. Marion, you were an account executive at Burberry. What happened? Like, what what was the spark when you guys got together and were like, okay, we're going, we're going to do this? What was the, like, what was that moment for you? We talked about it a little bit, but. Yeah, it was, it was just an idea that we had been kicking around and we thought it would be fun to start our own business. And we have always been really into food. Actually, when we first opened the restaurant, this guy that used to do a lot of projects with in the undergrad business school was like, I remember when you said you were going to open a restaurant by the time you were 30 and now you've done it. And I totally did not remember ever saying that. So it was really nice to get that message from him. So I think it was something that we had always dreamed about. And then we talked about it for two years and, you know, it was like, should or get off the pot? We can't keep talking about this. So like we either stop talking about it or we do something about it. So we decided to do something about it. Were you guys foodies? I mean, did you love, love food in general? All cuisines, yeah. you know, like just plan, love. plan trips around meals, plan yeah. your day around meals. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll be aggressive about food. Yeah. Yeah. We'll travel to a destination for 36 hours, just to eat good food. But it's gotten to the point where when I travel with Marion, she scares me because <laughs> we, we have to go to like 30 destinations to eat. And I can't, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I start um, dreading it, which is terrible. But what was the creative process of figuring out like what it was going to be and what was your dream and what part of that dream has come to fruition or what ha- where was it different? Where did it actually end up being different than what you thought it would be? So it started off as an idea of frozen dumplings because we thought, oh, we can roll this out across the country and then a lot more people can experience our mom's cooking. And one of our friends made a good point of, well, if you don't have a restaurant or a brand, how will people know to come look for you? So my roommate in college, actually, her grandfather helped start Rayo's. You know that Italian restaurant? Yeah, in of course. Here? Yeah. So, so here's a little like fate. So she, her grandfather helped start the jarred sauce for Rayos. And I was like, oh, we could be like a Rayos where we have one location and we develop a following and then we can do a CPG line, like what they did. And then we thought, okay, maybe we'll open up a food truck. And we talked to our friend Luke, who also went to Georgetown and he started Luke's Lobster. And I was talking to him about it and we both were. And he was like, I wouldn't go with a truck for you know a numerous amount of reasons. So we thought, okay, we'll do a brick and mortar space. And then another friend who went to college with us started Sweetgreen. And I remember at brunch in New York City, I was like, I have this crazy idea. Just hear me out on it. Listen to the whole idea before you say anything. And I told him, I thought for sure he was going to be like, you have no idea what you're doing. You work in finance. And instead he said, this is an amazing idea. And you will love the idea of actually creating something with your hands you know, it's like something that you can see that's very um, tangible. And so they were actually launching the first sweet green in New York City. So he's like, you guys have no experience. So Marion quit her job and helps open the first sweet green in Nomad over oh, here. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. And yeah. so then you got kind of like a good Some experience, yeah. Understanding. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Hands-on experience, the shadow of the manager, work the salad line. It was such a rewarding experience and interacting with everyone. It was just so amazing. What Uh, was one of the most shocking things that you learned that you didn't understand? Meaning like, oh my God, I thought I had this down, but now that I've worked this for a minute with sweet greens, holy uh shit. Well, one of it was volume. It was Mm. their first location in New York and between their online ordering and in-store, they had such a flood of people come in and, and, and consumers, which is so exciting for them, but it was just figuring out the how exactly to do the workflow and operation. So I think that with all of it said, learning each aspect and just always asking questions and being a sponge with it. Mm -hmm. What was the vision? The vision was to have like, obviously the frozen, but then when you wanted to open your spot, like what did that look and feel like to you? And is it what you thought it was going to be? So we, the look and feel to it, we wanted people to feel like they were being welcomed into our home because this recipe, it's so personal. It's our family's recipe. And also there's nothing more personal, right? Than food. You're actually putting something that I'm making into your body. So we wanted the, the feeling to be complete 360 of your coming into our home. So we, decorated it like that. We put on like music that we enjoy listening to and it was, it's incredible. And still to be able to walk into a restaurant and actually walk into your dream, it's a really crazy good feeling. Yeah. I would think that that would just be so satisfying. Now your mom, so are these all, are they all your mom's recipes and how did she feel about handing them over? (laughs) Not good. Not good. (laughs) She didn't. It it was her way of getting us home from college and like still having like a special piece for us when she brought to us for work. It was like her special touch. So she, of course, she didn't use measurements. So when we were trying to open up the first location and not knowing exactly what the measurements were, we had to keep on fine tuning it. And it was from a, a New York City small apartment to a restaurant, you know, scaling up the recipe. And that was the whole learning experience as well. And so she came for opening with our dad. And at first they were like, okay, we're going to help, you know, help with whatever you guys need and taste test of the dumplings. And we, we got the stamp of approval from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they um, our up- dad. Yeah, Our dad also said it was the worst internship he's ever had because <laughs> they originally booked a one-way ticket. Right. And I have photos of him just like falling asleep against the wall of the restaurant because he was so tired from like city biking to Home Depot to get stuff. And they ended up staying for weeks. And now every time they come, they book a return trip for like four days. And they're like, we're only here for four days. And they, they yeah. just don't want to get stuck like last time. They don't want to yeah. get stuck working. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so funny. Right. For our first location, after we were finished with construction, we had no idea. We underestimated how long it would take to set up after because we had no idea what we were doing. So that's when, yeah, our dad was really like being hands-on and like going to Home Depot every other hour to to get things for us and, and help set up. How do so you was, scale up yeah. those dumplings? You know what I mean? Like how, how does that work? What did you like to know? We can't share that with you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you have such a specific recipe. Ollie's but you like, need I think this to, is a need, great idea. You need He's like, Kate, like, He's like, Kate we should get in a dumpling business. Well, I, I think for, for us, it's still keeping a small batch production and being able to quality control and, and be able to 
test everything out ourselves first and making sure that it's consistent and training dumpling wrappers ourselves. Yes, yes. And it, it's very stringent, like even to the direction that the meat is mixed makes a big difference. I'm wow. That's all we can say. Yeah. That's all we can Too say. <laughs> I'm showing all of your How's Instagram right now. Maybe because the fat, <laughs> hmm, you can only go clockwise. Can't tell you. I know. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Look. I'm not asking. Look. I'm looking at an Instagram of your of your dumps. Of the boiling dump. Oh my just, look at gosh! That. <laughs> aren't you just? Don't oh you want to just God. eat it? Look how cute! Look. Wow! Awesome, you guys. I know it's so great. It's so cute. Thank you. Hello, fresh. Uh, this is. One of our favorite things, we love we love food deliveries. You know, I mean, three kids. I have three kids. Ollie has three kids. It makes life so much easier. HelloFresh, I've been using them lately. I have really been enjoying it. It's farm fresh seasonal produce. Easy to make recipes delivered right to your door every week. And these are like 15, 20 minute recipes. I mean, super simple. And Ingredients, they travel right from the farm to your doorstep in under a week. So they're always fresh. And HelloFresh chefs, they really know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limone and pasta primavera. You can pick your favorite from 50 different weekly options. You can skip weeks when you travel or if you um, need to skip a week if you've um, no, you're going to be going out a lot that week. And you can customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or a side for another. I don't want that. I'll just put that in. Yeah, that protein, I want that protein. Mm. Oh, I want that veggie. Well, let's do that. You can upgrade, you know, for more for more luxe experience. Or, or you, can even, you can even add a protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you, okay? Go to HelloFresh.com slash Sibling16 and use code Sibling16 for up to 16 free meals and three gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Sibling16. Do it right now and use the code Sibling16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. It's America's number one meal kit. Mom gave over the recipes. They're a hit. Now, when did you realize that, like, what you went out to create was, res- like, that people loved it? Like, what was the first stamp outside of your mom That's and dad? That's a good question. We're like, holy shit, where you're we're, like, we're big Oh, time. wait, like, we actually yeah. created something that, like, what we thought was going to be good. People really love it. Well, it's funny because... The first day we opened, there was like 500 people and we kept selling out and it was so frenetic. Like the energy was just so chaotic because we had no idea what we were doing. So we kept closing down the restaurant, putting up a sign that said, we will reopen in an hour because we had to like restock all the dumplings. And it's like, we always talk about when someone takes that first bite and they're like, and they do the head nod and we're like, yes, you know, that makes us really excited. Yeah. But I think it's... It's really the thing, the thing that's hard about opening a restaurant is your experience has to be so consistent day in and, and day out. So we're always just striving for that. 
Yeah. And the day before opening, we were in the New York Times. And so that also contributed to the flocks of people coming. So we, we felt super grateful for that. And just like Hannah said, like guests coming in and, and giving feedback and compliments. And, and the best is when there's an NYU student who's like, oh, this reminds me of my mom's dumplings. And that just makes us so, so happy. So someone yesterday just wrote on Instagram that they cried when they took a first bite because they felt like it was their mom hugging them, which was the Aww. nicest compliment everyone's ever written. But that is, I mean, family and food. I mean, that is where, yeah. that is what created this business for you, you know, I right, mean, that, right. and the importance of that. I mean, do you guys talk about that? Is there sort of any mission to inspire people to cook? Black truffle agnolotti I, stuffed with red wine oh, braised beef. Oh, the, the Italian accent's coming out. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But like, can we go back to you using panko crumbs in Italian cuisine? I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking I about. I do. Trust me, you got to mix and match. <laughs> Nothing is uformed in There's my no life. There's panko <laughs> breadcrumbs in real Italian cooking. You can do panko with anything. I don't anything. know, maybe... Maybe there is. I just, I was no. You aware, make your own so breadcrumbs. Yeah. You, no, but yeah. I put, I put parsley. I put some seasoning in them. But like, like I do what I want to do, and this is why I'm unique. I love that, and we do that with our monthly specials. Like right now, our our dumpling is a buffalo chicken dumpling. Ooh, it's really and then good. We have oh. That one. oh, maybe we should do a sibling special. Yeah. Dumpling. What would what would your dumpling be? Yeah. If oh we made a dumpling. Oh my god. I would be. A, I love. Sh- I would be a shrimpy shrimp. Dump. I love yeah. shrimp. This is. And I, then, I can't even get over what I'm looking at. I know here. Oliver I'm so is. Hungry and on, it's just- so, but family and food. I mean, is there any? I mean, you know, do you feel? Is your thing just like good food, good food, good food? That's just what it's about. Yeah. Or do you have anything where it's sort of like? I mean, for me, I know it's really important to talk about community and like. Mm-hmm. I have vodka. I have a vodka that I love and I do. And a big part of that is like how we celebrate with people around us. Do you know? Like yeah, it's actually a sure. really important thing to cook and celebrate and, you know, experience like making interesting, fun cocktails and having that yeah. connection. Um, For sure. And I think people in general, people who go into hospitality, especially in places like New York, you want to create a place where people can come gather and they feel safe and welcome. Mm -hmm. And for us, that starts with our team. Like we promote all of our managers from within our team. Everyone who's a manager has started out just as a general team member. So creating that kind of community and opportunities for people to advance is one of like my life's greatest joys. That's so great. (laughs) And also the hardest part. What is it like working with each other? Do you guys find yourself fighting again sometimes when you're it's in the beginning. Right. So in the beginning, I feel like, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think, but you know, when you get together with your family, everyone kind of falls back into their family role mm-hmm. and dynamic. It's and so that definitely, it's so annoying. <laughs> and it's like, we're adults now. So like annoying. we're still bickering. Like, I'm not like that anymore. I walk yeah, away. Exactly. I do so many walkaways now. Yeah. Ollie's a walk I walk away. I'm like, can't deal <laughs> with like, it. I'm out. I'm out. Life's too short. Not dealing <laughs> not, with this not, shit. But not, respect, yeah. that's a boundary. That's yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm not delving into this dynamic no, anymore. I love you all, I'm but the same. I'm out. I, I've gotten yeah. to that point too. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So <laughs> we, were, we were definitely like that when we first started and we had like a come to Jesus moment conversation where we're like, we would never talk to 
each other if this was a regular professional corporate setting. So we have to learn how to separate our sister relationship with our professional relationship. And for the most part, it's been great. Like we don't argue a lot because we also have each other's best interests in mind. Like our interests and our priorities are very much aligned. Yeah. The thing, and the thing is we know each other inside and out. And so it's like having that loyalty and always knowing that we have each other's back. So like, that's, that's the, that's the foundation of it. How many brick and mortars do you guys have? Three. Three. And where are they? And then we, the East Village, Nolita and Upper West Side. And then we also ship dumplings nationwide with, with gold, gold belly. belly. Oh, gold belly. Yeah, oh, actually that's right. we should do that. Let's get some, let's get some gold belly meanies. Oh my meanies. God, I know, but it's, it cannot, I mean, look, I'm, it's going to be amazing, but in store, I mean, you can't beat that. You cannot beat it. I mean, these, the dumplings you get on gold belly are still handmade and it really comes down to how good you are at cooking them. Exactly. <laughs> so I I get frozen dumplings all the time. My daughter loves them, and so does my middle son. I Ryder does too, but my but my little ones love the dumplings, and mm-hmm. so I'm always getting and trying to find like the best frozen dumplings. But I want to learn how to actually hand make them, so I might have to come over. Yeah. Oh, we can I actually have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we teach. Yeah, we teach dumpling making classes on Zoom with Gold Belly. You so do? your prayers have been answered. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So we ship an entire DIY kit to you that has the filling pre-made with the skins and the sauce and scallion pancakes. And then it it's a one-hour class. And then cool. you become a dumpling expert. Awesome. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so... See? Did your parent... Did your mom get a piece of this business? I mean, did you give her a steak? She must have yes. a point or two. Come on. Yeah. Okay. She does for sure. Thank gosh. Mom, it's named after her. <laughs> I know. Yeah. She um, also thought it was the worst name ever. Do you know oh, what, really? what her, her her store name idea was? What? Yeah. Excellent Dumpling House. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my god, excellent dumpling you house. You need to make you need that needs to be your slogan. Yeah. Mimi that, Chang's the excellent, the dumpling, excellent house. dumpling house. Yeah, the dumplings here are excellent. That's, yeah, that should be your t-shirt. It's so yeah, excellent great. dumpling, oh my excellent god, I dumpling house. I want to so meet cute. your mom. I know I do too. That, that can yeah. happen too. Uh, yeah. That's she sounds great. Now, um, is your dad an engineer? Did he end up doing things with yeah, so he worked at a bunch of different banks and hedge funds, and he wrote algo trading programs. Okay, he got he got me through physics, and yeah, <laughs> he got me through like all, all the major courses. Perfect. Yeah. Oh God, I'm I don't the worst. even. I was just like that's like that's like no, literally. Wilder's and doing algebra right now. I'm like, don't me. even come to me. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I barely know how to add without my fingers. You're like, is that an isosceles triangle? Oh my yes. God. Ugh. Yeah. When you have a disagreement, how do you handle it? Do you bring someone in to be like the mediator or are you guys pretty good at handling them yourself? We handle it ourselves. Yeah. yeah, we handle it ourselves. Um, okay. Now, what has it taught you about each other running a business together? We mm, have different communication styles. And so you have to communicate in the way that resonates with that person. Just because you're saying something doesn't mean that. And this is good. This goes for anybody, whether it's a team member or each other. It's like everyone has different personalities and enneagrams and all that stuff. And it's like saying things in a way that will resonate with that person. Right. They can yeah. actually so be we, attuned to what you're saying. 
Mm-hmm. So we, we, along with our GMs, we all took like an Enneagram test just so we could see what drives people, what motivates people, how do you get through to people? And that's been really helpful. Um, but a quick question about get, uh, yeah. starting a business together. Did you have a pre-talk? Like we're sisters, we're doing this, we're not going to let money, finances, all this shit get in the way. You know, was there a pre-talk? Uh, no, I don't remember us Nothing. having a talk. Never worried about we that. Didn't, we didn't have a, a, like an official conversation like that. Yeah. I mean, I went from making like no money in fashion. So I was like, oh, anything's better than this. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. right. You basically pay to work in fashion. Yeah. Okay, so pandemic. Let's talk about the pandemic a little bit. You know, when did you open? What year did you open? 2014. So you probably had all the success. Pandemic happens. I know personally, I have a lot of friends in the restaurant industry, restaurant bar industry, especially in New York. It was Mm -hmm. so hard and sad for so many people. How was it for you guys? Did you, were you able to maintain with so delivering? We were actually having a record year that year until the pandemic hit. And we actually felt the pandemic hit much earlier than other restaurants because we're an Asian restaurant. You know, people started leaving really nasty comments, like making up stuff that was definitely very racially motivated, which was pretty disappointing because, you know, racism, terrible. And also we were all going through this together. So it felt like pretty targeted that they would come after us first. And we actually thought about shutting down and we surveyed all of our team members And we asked them, like, do you guys still want to work or do you not feel safe to come to work anymore? And most people wanted to work. So we're like, all right, we have to figure out a way to stay open. Mm -hmm. And I would say that March and April and May of 2020 were, I have a ton of white hair to show for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A ton of white hair. Mm. Yeah. Did you feel, were you, did you feel scared for your you know, life. I mean, did you have those moments where you were like, this is actually dangerous for us to be working? Well, we took every precaution to make sure it wasn't dangerous. Like we really trimmed down the team so that people were really far apart from each other. And we had, we were actually in Taiwan a month before New York shut down and we saw the precautions they were taking And it just felt different when we were there. So when we came back, we stocked up. We made sure we had plastic gloves and masks and sanitizer and sanitizing spray. Because in Taiwan, they were really regulating and curtailing how much of that you could buy. So we were like, oh, we should get ahead of it in case we're not not able to order this stuff. Because then we wouldn't be able to keep our team safe. Right. And all the hate stuff, was that just on just comments on like Yelp and all of these sort of sites where you Yelp, can Yelp, Google, in person. Mm-hmm. I remember I was walking to the Nolita store one morning at 1030 and this guy was like really accosted me from across the street. And I started yelling back at him and then I realized he was kind of mentally unhinged. So I just ran for it. But then from that point on, we actually bought pepper sprays for our dumpling wrappers who are you know, they're a little older, they're immigrants, they don't really speak English that well, and they were scared to get on the subway. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was so terrible. Yeah. Crazy. It is. It's mm-hmm. it's still terrible. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I wonder in, in moments like that, like in your 
restaurant do you, did you find with the pandemic with racially motivated aggression like do you find that it brings you guys closer like did it did it bring the team closer absolutely yeah we we started doing community meals to be frontline workers and it just gave everyone a new sense of purpose like they're like we need to come into work we need to help the communities and it really really brought everyone closer that's so great. What about growing up, you know, just mm-hmm. just race in your life and growing up and your parents and, you know, is that something you experienced uh, as kids and did your parents prepare you for that? It's not so much they prepared, but there's like distinct, I guess, like core memories that you kind of have as kids. I feel like at least for me growing up, I didn't experience much racism unless we left where we grew up because where we grew up, you know, all the same people from kindergarten to, you know, basically fifth grade. So there's not a lot of new people, but for sure. I remember one time we were at the supermarket and my mom was talking to the cashier and the cashier started making fun of her accent. And I was so angry because like our mom speaks eight languages and here's this one woman making fun of the fact that her English has a, an accent. And I asked my mom, I was like, are you angry that woman was making fun of you? And she said, no, the whole point of language is for her to understand me. She understood me, right? Like it wasn't perfect, but she understood me. Mm-hmm. So you got to, you still have to speak up even if it's not perfect. One distinct memory I had was um, our, our lunches for elementary school. They were definitely different than other classmates. So I mean, at least in the early years. Yeah. Early years, different, but at the, some fried some, rice, some students would make comments of it, but of course I was just, you know, happily eating my food, but also wanting Lunchables at the same time. Right. I would have, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have been uh, as a little girl, I would have been like, please, Marion, can I have your lunch? <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody would make fun of it. Oh, really? I remember. Yeah. Yes. One time I brought in fried rice and they're like, ew, you got peas for lunch. There are peas in your rice. Oh my God. I'd give it. And I wanted to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to die. <laughs> I guess it's also like, well, I guess maybe New York is different than, than West Coast. You know, like for yeah. me, yeah. Like for us, there's it was, more Asian people on the West. There are more Asian people on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I mean, I I don't know. I actually don't know yeah. what that statistic is, but it it feels like it. I mean, yeah, right. We're closer. Well, it's also we're San, much closer. San Francisco is where major major immigration happened. Yeah. during uh, during gold the gold rush. rush. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, so maybe that's true. We have like a much stronger connection to to um. And all all Asian foods. I'm actually in the process right now with our daughter, who because my partner's uh, half Japanese. So, Ronnie, like, we're I want her to have more culture because she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Danny didn't really grow up with with it. You know, it's like he. Mm-hmm. Well, you grew up with your grandma and your grand. The her, her food was on another level, but I would give anything for Alice's recipes and they don't, and they, your mom doesn't have them, does she? They're somewhere. Yeah. She has them or she won't share them. (laughs) They're somewhere there. I think they're hidden. Yeah. Well, no, she wrote down. Yeah. But she wrote down a bunch of recipes. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good idea. We we're, we've been trying to do that too. Yeah. And I like your mom will write them down. Yeah. She won't write them down. Well, then how are you getting the recipe right? I mean, you just taking guesses or your mom goes in there and does it? 
she gives us the ingredients and then she comes in and she taste tests it and tweaks it for us. Uh, yeah. So cute, mommy. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe we should have a family Zoom. But it's also amazing how, on it. how coveted recipes are. You yeah. Know? I mean, just yeah. generally across cuisine, like those oh, old school sure. handed down recipes. That's why when I look at some people's like, uh, uh, like I, I remember when I got the Magnolia Bakery cook, uh, ba- you know, bu- cookbook, and I yeah. went to go do the buttercream. I'm like, no, they're lying. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> this yes. is not oh. their fucking yes. buttercream. Right. All the time, yeah. we have this conversation all the time. It's true. When restaurants publish their restaurants, they're leaving out very specific things. Yes. Of course, because like. I can follow a recipe, right? And I'm like, <laughs> this is not remotely the same dish I've had in a restaurant. It's, they always leave something out. Because otherwise, why would you come to the restaurant? I have this thing where I try to get salad dressings because I think salad dressings are really hard to, like yeah. there's certain salad dressings I love so much and to try to like recreate them is actually really hard. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite salad dressing? I mean, it sounds really stupid, but it's um, my favorite is La Scala. In a, oh, oh, I don't know. LA it. La Scala. The LA La Scala has a salad dressing <laughs> that is literally like <laughs> my favorite salad dressing. It's basically. It's like oil and vinegar. It's like oil and vinegar. <laughs> right. But not. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's, it's. There is something. I've tried so hard to figure out what it is. It's got to be the, sh- the sugar component. And by the way, and the, the consistency is amazing, meaning vinegar. meaning every one you have tastes exactly mm-hmm. the same. It's insane. We're going to need to come to La Scala and do some due diligence. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, got, we got to go on an L.A. food tour next time. By the way, what, yeah. what do you guys, what's your favorite cuisine? I know you probably love them all, but like, do you have one? Everything. Everything. Okay, I think top three are Taiwanese, Italian, and then it's a toss-up between Thai and Japanese. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would agree. I think I'm with you. Yeah. Really? I think it's Italian. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I just I love it. It's just the best. I mean, yeah. yeah. Panko crumbs and all. You yeah. Know? Hey, just try 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 a panko dumplings. See what happens. You guys will. <laughs> Oliver's panko dumpling. Oliver's panko dumpling. Panko liver dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, we'll stick to the shrimp. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> But so I think Italian and then I'm with you. It's always Thai and Japanese. It's like. Yeah. Oh, Thai. Love, love Thai, thai but I, the spice, it's too thai much food. for me. Like, oh, really? Yeah. When it gets real, real hot. Oh, a, t- oh, a I good Tom Yum Gum Soup. Oh, yes. That's my favorite. Oh, that's one of our memories from a kid. We were in Thailand and we had the spiciest Tom Yum Soup we've ever had. And it was so spicy that I was like. I, fed a spoonful to Marion to kind of like, you know, torture her. Mm-hmm. And it was so hot that she was like, oh, it's so good. I need more. And it was, it was like this whole, like, <laughs> like, yeah. Addicting. The acidity. It's so addictive. Yeah. When are you going to open a dump store in LA? Soon. You in, are? In, hopefully. Well, we want to open a few more locations in New York before we start exploring other cities. All right, fine. I had, I had the All money right. for you and everything. I was ready to back <laughs> the whole operation. Oh, Yeah. Okay, guys, right. let's do our speed round. Okay. Well, let's 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 do this one last question. So, what are we? What are you looking forward to now? Oh, so many things. I'm looking forward to continuing to develop our team and expand our locations. Great. Piggybacking mm-hmm. on that, growing our frozen dumpling business. Yeah. 
Oh. Okay. One word to describe each other. Fierce. Okay, so Marion. Oh, say your name before. Oh, okay. Say, I would yeah. describe I would describe Hannah as fierce. I would describe Marion as easygoing. Cute. I could have told you guys that by this <laughs> <laughs> spending this hour with you. Okay, yeah. one word to describe your business relationship. Familial. Marianne, and I'm saying loyal. Aww. Who's bossier? I already know the answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so offended already. I know, but you <laughs> see, I didn't even say your name. <laughs> you knew I knew it was you. <laughs> um, okay. I'm bossier. But I'm also older. <laughs> Who's the most creative cook? Mm, I think Marion is. And who's the most reliable cook? Reliable. Ooh. Like, that who's consistent? That's a hard one. Yeah, both of us. Actually, expanding on that creative cook, like how do you come up with some of your concepts? Is it both? Is it just you guys saying, ooh, let's do this? Yeah. It's between that, what we enjoy eating, and like you were saying, like it's about community. So the hospitality industry is like working with their friends and like restaurants you enjoy. Other chefs, yeah. Right. Mm. Travel yeah. is a big Who's who is the more adventurous? Hmm. Probably Marion by a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're the one who needs to go to like thirty different places when you're going on a food trip, yeah. (laughs) What is something recently that has brought you two closer together? Hmm. I would say a lot of therapy, individual therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Just I like love becoming that. way more self-aware. Yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah. Agreed. First, and also on a, on a more casual note, we both got pandemic puppies. So that's been yeah. really fun. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, uh, your, what is your mo- favorite thing your mom makes? If you had a desert island thing to take with you that your mom cooks, what would it be? Besides dumplings, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I would pick uh, can I pick two things? Sure. It's, not, it's a desert island. <laughs> okay. So one of them is a steamed Thai fish, which has a lot of cilantro and herbs and fish sauce and lime on it and <laughs> uh, bird-eyed chili pepper. So it's like spicy and sour. And then she makes this really good noodle soup that's a bone broth with tomato eggs and sauteed meat with lettuce and cilantro uh, and also and lime. Tamarind and lime. And tamarind. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, I gotta get it. I gotta go. That sounds like <laughs> I'm so I want, hungry. Can mom make that and send it through yeah. Gold Belly? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that sounds so good. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marion? I was going to go. If I had to pick one thing, it would be the the second noodle soup that Hannah brought up. Oh, I yeah. need that recipe. Will she hand that over? For sure not. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. So first celebrity crush. Oh my gosh, this is so oh, embarrassing. Oh, yeah, this is so embarrassing. So but, okay, I'll, I'll go with mine first. <laughs> okay. So this go, is back go. in the day of like Backstreet Boys. Of course. And my first celebrity crush was Aaron Carter. Wow. Oh. So Nick Carter's younger brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine yeah. was Joey McIntyre. Oh. Oh, cute. Okay, mine was Devin Sawa. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's such a throwback. He was hot back in the day. 
He really was. Okay, you want to ask the last one? Yeah, so last question we ask to every sibling on this show. Okay. Two-part question. If there's something that you would love to emulate from your sister, something that they have that would make your life a little bit better. And on the flip side of that, what is something you would like to alleviate from your sister? Something you would take away that would make their life make their life a little bit easier, easier, bit better, better mo- moves more smoothly. Oh, this is a really good question. Do do people start crying when they answer this? Sometimes, question? yeah, Sometimes. yeah. I could see it. I could imagine that. Mary, you go first. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna cry. You go first. <laughs> I I am the crier of the family, but I will yeah. I will not cry. <laughs> um, so one thing I would take away from Hannah sure. or that I, I admire really yes. is her confidence and boldness in whatever she does. And what would you alleviate from her? That, that would sort of, you think, would sort of give her some, you know, peace. peace. Yeah. Well, I think that her her sense of protection, of make, making sure I'm okay or, like, stressing about if something's going to go wrong, I think that that would help alleviate some stress. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which is, like, from a lifetime of our parents being like, you got to watch out for your sister. You got to take care of your sister. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm right. Yeah. People, an older sibling, younger sibling dynamic. So if, with Marion, I think what I would emulate is her, just like her positive, carefree outlook. You know, the world is her oyster. That's how I summarize it. And the way I describe it is she's God's favorite all the time, mm. which is an amazing way to approach life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think t- to take away, Do I don't think there's, me? Am oh I, yeah, yeah. You're, you're God's favorite. Not moms, but God. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything that Marion needs to be taken away. Like anything that has to be taken away. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You so yeah. you so you're so you feel that she's really balanced and. Well, Marion, what would you yeah, take away from yourself if you were like, I wish I could just take this like this and throw it away in the garbage. Hmm. Such deep reflection. Um, yeah, she's like nothing. She's I'm like, perfect. No. Yeah, she's like I'm perfect. Can <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> I, 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 I think I think sometimes, like you know, the whole easygoing situation. It's like looking out and thinking deeper into like making sure that you have all the necessary resources or like have an emergency bag in your car. You know, like thinking of all these things ahead right. of time. Like not everything's going to be positive and great. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, but why prepare? Right. Yeah, you're right. You're perfect. It's like why it's, prepare? Why? Who, who needs an emergency bag when there's never going to be an emergency? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, have an emergency bag. Okay, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, thank you well, thank so you. much for spending thank the time talking to us. Thank you so much for having us. Cannot wait to eat your food. Cannot wait. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Producer is Allison Breslin. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. If you want to show us some love, rate the show and leave us a review. This show is powered by Simplecast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. 
This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.